Greetings and welcome to episode number 15 of You Had Me at Halo, where we talk about everything past, present, and future of one of gaming's most storied franchises. This week, we have some media information that came to light from an Ask 343 session. We also had some breaking news with a Bethesda roundtable where Phil Spencer talked about text sharing with 343, so we'll spend a couple minutes on that. And then we will look at this dilemma of balancing modern and classic fan preferences. First, I want to introduce you to today's Spartan team. Uh, first off, we have a special guest and our first guest here with uh, You Had Me at Halo. And this Spartan has been well known as a positive voice in the community. He's been with them, been with us for over six years. And even when he doesn't uh, agree with everything, he does a good job considering all perspectives. And so we look forward to kind of seeing what seeing his perspectives for, for some of these contentious topics. Uh, so allow me to introduce Spartan Late Night Gaming. How's it going? I'm a Spartan. <laughs> you are a Spartan. I've been called a lot of names. Spartan <laughs> is definitely the first. There we are. Yes, yeah, Spartan Late Night Gaming or, or Spartan, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Turos, right? Yes. I got that right. All right, cool. Does does Halo have multiple languages in the future? Like, you know they have Spanish. Um, and English, obviously. And Sengheli, like, yeah. What, what, no, those are, I thought, wasn't those there are like different. a primary language in Reach that was like uh, Yeah, don't Dutch. they speak Hungarian in Reach? Yeah, Hungarian, oh, yeah. that's what it was. That's what the ODST yeah. uh, trailer was as well, right? The commercial. Oh, the live action? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Anyways, let's. Okay. <laughs> okay, <that's> <laughs> I do not know that answer. Um, next up, we have Spartan Mike, aka Kage Maru. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Next up, we have Spartan Urso, aka Soul Blazer. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going pretty good. A lot of stuff to cover today, so I'm pretty excited. Yep, probably more than we will have time for. But that's a good problem for today. Uh, next up, Spartan Jesse, a.k.a. Don Cabeza. How's it going, Jesse? I am doing very well. I hope everyone else is doing well as well. <laughs> that was so professional. That's like the most professional you've been all week. What's uh, next up, going we on? There we go. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> next up, we have Spartan Daniel, a.k.a. Nadian. How's it going, Daniel? Pretty awesome. Uh, ready to talk about this huge uh, info dump we got recently. Nice. All right. So before we get going, I do want to give a chance to to just talk to our guests, ask a couple questions. I, I'm guessing that most people that are listening to our show have you know have heard of late night gaming, and but but just um, I think what might be interesting is just uh, you know taking a couple of minutes and. and Letting everybody know, you know, what was it that got you into the the whole Halo podcasting about six years ago? Um, I haven't I haven't been a podcaster, I think, ever. Um, <laughs> so it's a very interesting. A YouTuber, um, yeah. Are my videos kind of like that? No, <laughs> was, no. I, we'll I, call YouTuber, YouTuber is probably a better better way of putting it <laughs> halo content creation exactly theme. content creation there, yeah. so, there you go thank you thank you everybody vague enough <laughs> <laughs> um so my channel actually it i didn't 
it was just like a hobby thing that I started while I was in high school. Um, and I uploaded whatever I wanted. I actually just liked editing. Um, I was in a drama class oh. and liked uh, making videos for drama and just like the just the process of editing them. And so I started to upload some of them to YouTube and make them, you know, gaming related. And just one Halo video took off unusually well. Uh, and so I kept doing that because I have a lot of opinions about Halo and a lot of things to say about all of it and how cool I think it is. And uh, before I knew it, it was too late. <laughs> the Halo YouTube. There you go. Uh, so that's, it's been six years. So I'm curious. Obviously, we've been we've now been doing our thing here for six months. <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the things we always talk about is, you know, after after time, like what are the what are what's going to be the new topic when you talk about, you know, one game. So how's that worked out for you over all this time? Uh, like in terms of running out of ideas or yeah running out of ideas or you know keeping um, that going well it's i rarely ever run out of ideas the problem is i need to figure out how to make the weird stupidly specific opinion i have interesting <laughs> i could probably make a 20 20 minute video about my favorite reload animation <laughs> <laughs> The issue is how do I make that interesting for you? <laughs> wow, that actually is very interesting. Um, <laughs> I, <watch it. laughs> I am blessed and cursed with being very opinionated. Well, that's a uh, community. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I yeah. can tell you what my favorite door opening sound for a forerunner environment is. <laughs> I've got a lot of opinions about a Halo. Well, I can't wait to get into these questions. So, <laughs> All right. Well, we got to ask you, too, so we know what perspective you're coming from. Tell us uh -huh. about your favorite Halo and why is it your favorite? Halo? Um, subjectively or objectively? Subjectively. Yeah, there's no such thing as objectively favorite. Yeah. There's not. Yeah. Is, is there, there really an objective right answer well, to this? I say objective. Kind of intriguing. Both. How about that? We need to learn what this difference is. <laughs> Subjectively, personally, if I were to ignore all flaws and just be like, man, I just really like the game. Um, Halo 3. Mm. Okay. Uh, nice. But then if I were to say, when I say objectively, I mean more so like, what game do I think best represents the franchise? Um, probably I mean, it's the boring answer. Combat Evolved. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like the boring answer, personally. Mike yeah, it's, it's just like the most, <laughs> I guess, like raw in that I think the story is shallow enough that yeah. it's great for split screen because you can just talk and talk and you won't oh, yeah. miss anything. Yeah. Right. Um, the levels are big enough and there's enough vehicle shenanigans going on that, again, co-op, like, you know, there's a lot of room for fooling around there. And it's just like, you know, every level is a new thing. Every level introduces you to a new weapon. The first level is you getting the assault rifle and pistol. Second level, you get the sniper. Like, mm -hmm. there's just like that linear progression of upgrades that makes every level feel like a totally different experience. And super memorable, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it it feels like Halo CE, whether it was intentional or not, and you have to assume most of it was intentional, even if they've admitted the pistol was a mistake. Um, <laughs> it, it feels like a masterclass in game design in a way that there's very few games that you can go back and they're, that came out 20 years ago and, and, and play it today just an up res and say this still plays as well as anything else that's coming out today or better than most things coming out today because of the way it was balanced. Well, so I think, I, I think oh. there are a lot of games that do hold up, but it's more like you almost have to appreciate it within the context. Of yeah, like, there was no template back then. Yeah, like when you go back and you play Combat Evolved, you can't be like, Modern Warfare has way better graphics than this. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You have to almost like before anyone starts, like they made this that you're going to play in less than a year. It started out as an RTS game. They also had to get it running on a console. Yeah. Um, also, it's one of the first first-person shooters to use heavy outdoor environments and stuff and really focus on combined arms, like switching from vehicle to infantry. Yeah, that's always interesting. Like when you go back and listen to that, and it makes me kind of wonder that they were ha they had to be so focused, like they couldn't just they couldn't waste time on uh, what do they call that in in development where you start feature creeping, right? Like when mm. you just start adding stuff and breaking the balance, and then you have to, you know, they kept it very simple with the amount of weapons they had and everything just seemed almost perfectly in balance. Oh yeah, like the um, you know people talk about uh, there's like that footage of Halo that Halo build that had wildlife in it, like the blind wolves. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's kind of a thing with all of Bungie's Halos is they all have stuff that. They've had a cut, but for the better. And, right. Yeah. The One thing you mentioned, more... uh, sorry, that oh. I feel like a lot of people ignore because it really depends on how you played the games, was that you mentioned how Halo CE was just goofy enough to just have just fun co-op, right? Yeah. Like, especially split screen. Um, when you compare like the more modern games, I remember I played uh, Halo Reach co-op and we were doing the usual Halo shenanigans, having fun, but it ended up kind of like cheapening the story almost in a way right it's a very serious very like you know everyone's dying story but we're here beating each other up every other mission there's that like mish mitch uh bleh, bleh, sorry let me try that sentence again mish <laughs> mash of conflicting tones where yeah. everyone's yelling at each other in xbox party chat <laughs> yeah and cat just gets shot by a rifle <laughs> <laughs> yeah Nice. Well, uh, Mr. Turos, I, I, we appreciate you you sharing that with us. I think we could probably do a whole show on that. <laughs> but oh, definitely. I, I do. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you could do the whole show on just the reloads, but we're going to try to get <laughs> some of this week's news. And, I, and I'm really interested to see kind of how your opinion is going to, you know, mix in here with everybody else's. And just to kind of uh, set the table, you know, our group is uh, we we do have a, a a wide range of ages. You know, I for me, CE was my favorite, and you know, I was kind of a young adult at that time that came out. So now I'm more of a middle aged adult or whatever. Um, and, and we also have people in the group that are that are pretty young, and so you know, throughout all of our tastes, we we have people that you know. Obviously, I'm more CE. Uh, Mike's more Halo Three, but we, you know, we have. Uh, uh, soul here that you know uh, played co-op on Halo Five, and that's the one that stuck out to him. Or you know, was um, was it was it you, Daniel, that, that liked 
yeah. So we have people that like Caleb four and five, which is unique because right. It, usually when you think of, of people that are influencers within the Halo community, it's all, you know, everything that isn't Bungie is, <laughs> you know, crap. Right. No, so I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I love the story of Halo four, not so much Halo five, but I, I was right. there from yeah. Macworld 99. So, yeah. So everybody kind of has their, their unique uh, perspectives, which, which we, which I, I kind of like that that dynamic because uh, it, it does add something different when Don tells us, you know, Halo 4, but because you played you played it with your wife, right? That was like the thing you went through um, and, and the story really stuck out to you. So that was something you liked. And whereas me, I, I just can't wait till they just wipe out the Prometheans in the first scene of <laughs> Halo Infinite and get done with them. Give them the Joe Madama <laughs> treatment. You know, yeah, wipe out half the squads, you know, half the Spartans, and we can get we can get this thing. Uh, Mike Coulter in a robot costume stabs the Prometheans. <laughs> Pick on each other on the ground. <laughs> yeah, they just all go, and then we can like you know have a have a nice you know reboot from you know the simple nice simple classic speed. Halo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously we have a, we have that diverse. We bring all that, but that that actually could bring us into this would be a good transition into one of our topics today because with the Ask Three Four Three update, we got a couple things this week that. Got our got our groups of um, of Halo fans, I guess, out in the community and on the message boards. Um, I don't know, uh, yelling it. for <laughs> yeah, Reddit. You know, uh, more contentious. You know, a little bit. Some people were kind of throwing up on their keyboards. People were a little bit angry. Um, you know, over some of the news. And this is the first time I, I I'd say since three four three has been providing these updates. It's the first time I've maybe felt that kind of negativity from part of the community. Uh, Not everybody though. uh, And I'm probably not as negative. So let's start with that. During the S for three four three, they brought up the, uh, the dual wielding is not in the game and it's currently not in the cards. He says, you know, they can, we can do everything, but they want to focus on weapons, grenades, melee, and their focus on equipment is why dual wielding is not present. And then the other thing was there's no playable elites. And uh, this is because mass, it's a Master Chief story. And they said they did say never say never to that. But right now it's not in there. So I'm going to go ahead and start. We'll kind of rotate through these different topics, give everybody a chance to go first on them. But I'm going to, again, with our guests, I want to start with you and kind of with you being interacting with the community and everything, what was some of your thoughts on this and, you know, help everybody kind of understand why some people are upset and, and what your opinion on that all is. Yeah. Um, as far as the dual wielding goes, I, I do understand the mechanical reason why it was cut. Uh, even Bungie kind of described it as like this, this parasitic thing. That introduced (laughs) and didn't know how to balance, and it was getting harder and harder to design sandbox. Yep, sandboxes because of what it did, Um, Mm -hmm. as well as just the way, like something that's really important about infantry combat in Halo is the golden triangle. Yes, is your melee, your gun, and your grenade. Yeah, and when you're dual wielding, you've you don't you know you've lost the ability to melee and it's just like the controls get kind of weird and sloppy uh so i do understand that it's a little bit easier on the developers if they can design without this like weird thing even the modern call of duty games you know 
Modern Warfare 2 kind of went crazy with this dual wield system. Same with Black Ops. But then as Call of Duty went on, they started to kind of tone down the dual wielding. Um, and now it's pretty much absent from the Call of Duty franchise outside of like pistols. Um, yeah. But so I, I understand that. I don't think dual wielding needs to be given up on. Uh, I think you could design it in a way that would be cool. Uh, something that I pitch is maybe make it an aesthetic thing. Like when you pick up the SMG, it's two of them. Yeah. And that's yeah, what yeah. the view model looks like. You know, functionally, you can balance it around just being a gun, but like, you there still, you go. You still wouldn't be able to throw grenades. Like, uh, maybe you oh, could yeah. throw your gun. <laughs> you could, they're game developers. They yeah, I mean, if they at least introduced melee into the situation, and I never even thought about the whole, you know, just making it so it's only a dual wielding weapon. Yeah, and it's, that would be a good way to balance it. Unique that you can. Yeah. To fire too, yeah, yeah. Because any of those dual wielding weapons are largely useless by themselves. Yep. Yeah, and, I mean, outside of like maybe the plasma pistol, yeah, stuff I like mean, that. Hell, um, the conversation on well, it, in terms of sandbox redundancy, what makes an SMG different from an assault rifle? How could you make those two guns distinct? I've got a solution. Make the SMG two guns. Yeah. Instead of aiming yeah. down the sights with it, you fire the gun that's in your left hand. Yeah, and yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I mean, you thought yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I, that, that you does... like Halo Three, so <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I never really used a dual wielding. I mean, I've never been a big fan of dual wielding, so that's one of the things that makes the sandbox in Halo Two. I don't know of of the, the first three. I think the sandbox, the the weapon sandbox in Halo 2 is the least satisfying just because it's so reliant on dual wielding. It's very but, strangely balanced, uh, Halo yeah. 2. Mm -hmm. um, there's just, I mean, especially when it comes to automatic weapons, there's no single satisfying weapon. It's, you're, you either have a gimped assault rifle, or I'm sorry, a SMG or plasma rifle or something, you know, and it's just, I, I don't know. I I like that it, there's no dual wielding right now because if they if they add it, I want them to take their time into it. Plus, it I think it would work best if they have it all balanced, not around dual wielding, and if they can incorporate dual wielding without breaking the sandbox. Yeah, then that that might be the best way to actually handle dual wielding in in general. Um, yeah, yeah. I I I, I don't. I can see the frustration or the, the negative, you know, why there's negativity on it, but I'm surprised at how much there is. Like, I didn't realize that dual wielding was that popular. Oh yeah. It's, there, there is value to aesthetic, like just the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it, it is cool that chief is holding two guns. Oh man. Halo two, that poster. Oh yeah. <laughs> So it's that's why I pitch like okay mechanically maybe not the way it was implemented in Halo two or three but just make one of the guns in the sandbox two guns, right? Uh, hey Daniel, I, I know you've been a little bit quiet so far. What's your what's your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was not to not to be the contrarian intentionally here, but you know, it's been fourteen <laughs> years since a Halo has launched with dual wielding. Why? I mean, this is to me this is kind of a classic case of of the halo you know some of the vocal halo community um 
pitching a fit to pitch a fit because again, <laughs> 14 years there hasn't you know Reach didn't have dual wielding, ODST did not, four did not, five did not. Why would there be any expectation, especially at launch, that dual wielding would be in here? I mean, I agree with Taras that you know some weapons like you know your SMG or maybe um, you know. I guess Needler, if you really had to, um, if you wanted to make something aesthetically dual wielding, fine. But I mean, the the problem always was balance. I mean, a mm. lot of people love three, but three was not well balanced in in a lot of regards because of dual wielding. Um, so I mean, you know, it, it's just it's just weird that this was one of those things that they latched onto. Um, it's when... the expectation that I think like. I largely agree that dual wielding is cool and can be returned. What I don't agree with is the surprise that it's yeah. not returning. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't going to return. Yeah. yeah, there's been two games out of, what, seven that have not had dual wielding, or that have had dual, dual wielding. The rest have not had it at all. And again, 14 years. Longer, that more than half the time that the franchise has existed, there has not been a game that has had dual wielding. Yeah, the thing that always surprised me on it is, first of all, I did I was not aware this was something that people were still clamoring for. I thought it was only maybe the most casual people that maybe played Halo Two when it first launched. Because uh, you, know, if you remember, like they switched everything over to BR and competitive, right? Like for two and three, um, that's where the competitive went. And usually, like when you hear people that are hardcore on it, they you know, when they focus on why they don't like Spartan powers and, and things like that. And they, you know, they focus on all the things you can do, you know, when you don't have to aim down sights and, you know, and run and all this stuff like that, you know, it feels to me like dual wielding almost contradicts all of that because it's like, it, it, it just, it, it adds this randomness to the overall game that does, uh, you know, reduce the skill gap. Cause there is some luck, right. Cause you start off with a, a nothing weapon. Uh, and I guess you don't have to start with that weapon, but then in that case, then why would you ever pick up, uh, you know, a, a weapon that would be dual wielded unless it is like you were saying, Tross, something where both weapons are there. Um, and I, I do remember like Halo 2, the first time they ever showed Master Chief. With, remember when they did that, the, the first time they did it at the E3, reveal? they went to the, oh, the demo. Yeah, yeah, the audience the demo. crazy. That was <laughs> oh, yeah. probably one of the, the biggest E3 pops of all time <laughs> was when he picked up that second weapon and people were just like, this is badass. Yeah, people you know? lost their minds when he did that at E3. <laughs> yep. Right. That, that's well, I think another part of it was that um, a Marine gave you the second SMG. So not only oh, yeah. were you picking it up off the floor, but it was like a, an injured Marine that was handing it to you. <laughs> so it just brought this dynamic to the world that you typically didn't see on console shooters back then, or maybe really many shooters in general. Well, part of that was because it, most of that demo never made it into a single Halo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring me three demos. <laughs> I mean, talking about a gun being two guns when you pick it up, that that's how Bungie got that to work. The dual wielding system wasn't actually ready yet. So that SMG they used in the E3 demo, it's it's a gun that is two guns when you pick it up. Oh, oh I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that either. Hey, hey, Dan, I didn't get your, your thoughts on this. What, what kind of what things or Jesse, what, what was your thoughts when you heard about that? It's so much of that subreddit is just looking for outrage half the time from a, a small but very vocal part of that community where it's what can we find about in this torrent of positive news? Because mm -hmm. all these Ask 343s and all these blog posts have been 
really positive and have made people really happy like after the screenshots so showing the improvement in the graphics and talking about the plans they already had like a lot of this stuff isn't new it's not changing because they delayed the delays the polish and maybe going back to some ideas they had canned but like most of this stuff just giving us this really good deep dive on their decision making and what we can expect you don't get that from AAA games normally it's pretty much only a positive at this point. And you can have actual criticisms that you levy that, you know, think about, don't be, it, it just comes off so whiny and entitled. It, yeah. It's just people who like, I want this thing. That's not, not actually that big a thing in halo, like playing as an elite, which you could do in two campaigns and one multiplayer mode in reach or the friggin' dual wielding, which was only in a couple games. It's like, I can understand you really like that and you want it, that's fine. But the, the level of animosity and anger over it is typical Reddit shitlording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people, especially a lot of uh, classic fans, have a misconception about Halo Infinite, where they keep seeing 3 for 3 mention the classic art style, back to Halo 3, back, back to CE in terms of aesthetics or in terms of feeling. But this is not going to be a classic game. You know, it's and meant I, to invoke those feelings. Exactly, exactly. But I feel like people are setting themselves up for maybe disappointment where they expect it to be like this full on classic style game when that is not the case. Um, you mean and, I can yeah. I can still sprint? Oh, no, exactly. Right. So <laughs> when they when you keep seeing news like this and it's all positive news and then they get in their head somehow that also not to mention there is that uh, well, you guys are talking about me, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the what happens was same thing happens all the time really the hype cycle right and one of the previous months I think it might have been January um, people got it in their heads that oh this little hint they meant I think the word was like this is not all you can play like or something like that it means it's playable elites meaning it's hundred percent playable elites and I'm actually really happy three four three one and in this even in this small ask three four three confirmed that they are not there right because that would have been a stupid talking point months down the line of when we got it later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the, the the playable elites is something maybe you throw in there for fun down the road, but it yeah. that 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 ruined. That's another thing that really messed up the balance, right? So, like, so again, when you start thinking about them trying to make a multiplayer that is uh, something that holds up and 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 can be competitive, and and, and that stuff still matters for Halo. You know, the fact mm -hmm. that it can be a well-balanced competitive halo um those types of things really don't work in that and so it, you would want them i think you know working on that foundation and then if they want to throw some of that that fun stuff in down the road and just have like uh some you know i don't know just some fun modes and you know halo does do a lot of that it, it seems like that would be the time to bring in the elites but i i guess this brings up a, a good question because what i find is interesting is when i'm playing with i so i like both old and new halo and maybe i'm in this weird weird place so i don't I, I that i don't really complain too much about either one i put in over 2000 hours into the uh halo 5 multiplayer and i don't usually play that much you know i don't have usually have that much time for gaming so obviously i really like it uh but obviously but halo c is still my favorite but when i talk to my friends when i'm playing halo 5 you know one of the things they they're a little bit concerned they're like well that the art style is, is, you know, they took a step back and they're a little bit worried that it's maybe going too far back towards the classics. And, you know, somebody made, somebody made a joke about like uh, Master Chief's wearing uh, dad, bar, dad bod armor. Sure. Um, 
<laughs> Whereas, you know, where I really like, like the Master Chief's armor and, and this art style, and it, it just feels like you got the two sides. And when they when they're trying to thread this needle, it seems you're getting complaining from both. Um, and, and I've heard this argument from both sides, where they say if if you try to go down the middle, you're going to make neither side happy. So first, I want to get your opinion on this one again, Taras. Um, what do you think about that? Because you've heard this over time, yeah. and I know that again, most of your audience is probably more towards the classics, but. Yeah. What do you think? Are you thinking they're on the right track here, or they can, or they can pull this off, or who do you think is going to, in the end, be the content group, and who's going to probably walk away from this the most disappointed? Um, as far as the playable elites go, so I'm actually in the camp that I was both surprised and pretty annoyed by it, and then okay. my audience levels were elevated by what was, in my opinion, the very bad excuse, which was this is a Master Chief story. Like, okay, yeah. Halo 3 was a Master Chief story. That didn't stop them there. Reach right. the story about Noble Six. That didn't stop playable. Like, yeah. It, the Spartan, ex like, what happened to the Halo experience? Halo is bigger than just Spartans. And to deliberately make the Halo experience smaller in scope, uh, it's like, dude, it's a hitbox. You know, I, I don't believe that tuning how a player strafes and how high they can jump. Like, I, I don't buy that as an excuse. Like, I would have preferred if they were just honest and said they were focusing on just getting the gameplay down and they didn't have time to animate and rig up an elite. Like, instead of this whole, like, our vision was this spark. <laughs> like, no, just be honest. You guys didn't have time. Just be honest. Don't lie to me. Um, <laughs> when they did say never say never right? exactly so that yeah. gives, never, that gives you a hint that, never say that, never but also i'm kind of like i'm like guys we still can't even hit halo reach in terms of content day one like come on so what are, what are you thinking right now like when it comes to where they are headed uh and, and you again be more right. on the your audience be more on the cla the classic side of things this definitely isn't a classic game i mean gameplay yeah. wise you know they they were talking about like the equipment and stuff what we saw shown off was way closer to armor abilities than they yeah. were free equipment like you press a button to activate a super power that is for the person who activates it like the grappling hook yeah, um, the the most I could say that was equipment like was the uh, the portable shield thing that he threw. But even then, when I looked at it, that thing doesn't look banished. It looks like UNSC tech, which tells me the banished probably aren't going to be using it. Hopefully, I, I hope they use it. it. <laughs> yeah, but so like I'm not. Yeah, gonna, okay, we're not going to see brutes using the grappling hook. Uh, and right. the fact that that little drop shield thing looked like UNSC tech, I was kind of like. Oh, these these are all going to be UNSC equipment, aren't they? I'm actually yeah. hoping that the grappling hook is the only thing you keep in the campaign, like permanently. You mean? Yeah, yeah. It's but I say that not like in a bad thing because it's like I I didn't expect Halo Infinite to be a classic style game. I was right. just hoping that it would be a bit more in the spirit of a classic game, while keeping the things that it it wants to keep, uh, like. Sprint. Everyone was shocked that Sprint was in the game. It's like, <laughs> no? Yeah. Come on, guys. I, I don't like Sprint and Halo, but I knew it was coming. 
Yeah. Right, right. It's yeah. not going to yeah. kill the game for me. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, I mean, so that's something that's always been hugely contentious. Do, do you think that um, something like Sprint is... Like is that is that basically a deal breaker for for like a lot of the people that you see in 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 you know that you hear on in your forums and or uh, yeah I guess in your chats from your videos or or is that something that uh, that they just like to bitch about but they're still going to end up playing it? I think it's almost like I think I do believe that some people genuinely do just prefer how Halo levels and maps are designed when Sprint isn't a factor. But then there are some people where it's just like, okay, guys, it's it's a piece of entertainment software. Yeah. <laughs> You're <right>. even angry. <laughs> uh, that's human history. People always latch onto something, whether it's you know anything from sports to living here versus living there in the same city versus religion to you know any pretty much yeah. anything that they can identify with as a person, and they love Halo. So they're going to identify with this game and it ends up meaning so much more than it should yeah. to anyone who is being healthy. It's just yeah. the human condition for yeah, like, all of recorded like, history. And it's utterly ridiculous. You know, and for like talking about like the expectations and stuff, like a lot of the community anger, what is strange to me, even if I did be like, whoa, they're not doing playable elites like after Halo 4 and Halo 5. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's the ex like the weird amount of anger about it where it's like I made a couple comments on Twitter, which was basically I'm not happy. I think this is a mistake and I am surprised after Halo 5 that they are repeating this mistake. That's all I'm saying on the matter. And then I went back to talking about the things I liked, which was like the banished fortresses and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like but there is some positive stuff there, guys. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do wonder, though, how much, with with this being a, a spiritual reboot, how much of that plays into, you know, um, the missing things or, or things that you think should be in there after the third game in a series. And if it wasn't for, but, but then again, if it was still the, uh, if it still followed the same series as four and five, I you I mean, get elites. elites took a backseat anyways. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I feel well, like there's a higher chance of us getting playable elites in Halo Infinite just as post-game content. You know, if this... probably you know, what's going to yeah, happen. If this is Master Chief's story, like the main campaign, then what's stopping them from having um, an Arbiter story or another elite in the group of elites in, like, a post-game? You, you know? make them shorter elites with longer necks and just give them the exact same hit box. I, that's <laughs> yeah. I wonder almost, because, like, sometimes we'll criticize, like, why did they make this certain decision? And it's like... I wonder how much of it is like, like, I wonder what metrics they had, like Microsoft yeah. being like, uh, we want, we want the Halo to be grounded. We want it to be multiple. <laughs> I think people would be alienated if you could play as an alien in the multiplayer mode. <laughs> I don't think that's the point. I mean, you can look at the lore of four and five and it's infinitely more um aware of the meta universe than any of the the stuff that Bungie put out. So I don't know. I, I, I agree I there, but then you also have things like aiming down the sights. Like I do think some That's... of that is because market research shows ADHD kids really like aiming <laughs> the sights in their yeah. show. So we yeah. have to have it. Well, yeah. I think it's also, I mean, there are, you know, we, there's so much uh, discourse online where people say, oh, this is the dumbest decision ever. Like the elites thing for one, you know, 
I don't know if there's a good faith argument that you could make that that um, Bungie never considered balance at all when they made their games. Um, you but look at five, and also, it's they infinite. probably don't need to, considering the kind of game it is. What's great about a sandboxy game is that the developer has complete control over if it plays well. Like if we put a sniper on this map and the sniper is way too overpowered, just forge it out. Yeah. And replace yeah. the shotgun or something. Like that is why I'm actually an advocate for an imbalanced sandbox, because I think that's way more interesting than if every gun kind of flatly was like eh, every gun contests with another gun. And that's not I mean, what I mean when I'm talking about balance. I'm talking about okay. the fact that that, you know, again, when you consider the 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 elites, it's a totally different hitbox. It's a totally different I mean Everything you're used to in terms of well, yeah, that's why they weren't in competitive. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, well uh, then yeah. let's let's play it fair. If if we're if we're harkening back to CE, what wasn't in CE for multiplayer elites? Oh yeah, but there was a lot more than wasn't in CE. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. pretty basic. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the so multiplayer I mean, was also scrapped and rebooted. What six months before launch? Yeah, I I something with rebooted. I think it was just made <laughs> six like worked on. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Like it was um, really well. Though a lot of that game was really rushed. Yeah, think about it. Stories about how they had like some kind of prototype matchmaking thing before we even knew to call the system matchmaking. <laughs> that Microsoft wanted them to hold off because Xbox Live was on the horizon. And so that was almost like developed as a core tenant of Halo 2. Hmm. I, I guess, you know, one of the things I think about when, you know, you find out that they don't have something like this. I mean, obviously, it's a prioritization thing, right? So regardless of whether they didn't have time or, or whatever, it was it had to be low on the list um, for, for it. The to... game was delayed for a year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I mean, available elites are not part of the game, and the game was delayed for a year. Like, I'll there's trust also the COVID, developers so. on this one. That, that tells me that they're just behind more yeah. so than they probably yeah. want to lead people to believe. Or the priority well, well, What's interesting is it's not like an anthem situation where they were super vague up until launch. You know, people just did like we have concrete details about what Halo Infinite is. Uh, mm. To the point that people have already kind of started mapping out what the story might be mm, in their yeah. head. Like with Anthem, you didn't have that. And the fact that it was delayed for like a year and we still have concrete details coming out about the game. Yeah, it seems like from a technical standpoint, it just wasn't. They showed it off too early. Yep. Yeah. So for like the one thing that I think is always a saving grace of this Halo, though, is they said it is going to be one of those platforms that's what 10 years or, and we'll see how that kind of. 10-year threat. <laughs> yeah. The ten year. So, I mean, it gives them a lot of opportunities to come out with new modes, come out with, you know, uh, to try weird and different it things. It will be very different in, like, five. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and I think that, the, you know, they're trying, to, they're trying to start with a foundation, uh, one that can be taken seriously from a competitive standpoint, which I understand. Like, that's something they want to nail initially. They also want it to have elements that are going to appeal to, I get, you know, the Fortnite crowd and, uh, you know, the this newer generation of free-to-play gamers that wasn't even, 
you know, it wasn't gaming back when the Bungie Halos were, you know, the, the original That's trilogy. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them weren't. I mean, you got these kids now and they're, and they're a lot of, you know, they're worth a lot of money in terms of gaming dollars, you know, with oh, the, yeah. uh, it's like, so. yeah. Like when we were young and we were all playing games, there was X amount of players that played games worldwide. Now yep. they're like quadruple yep. that. Yeah. Oh, more than that, I mean, and it's gonna get—it's gonna get even bigger because it's like you know once it's they start. Get, kids are born every day. I didn't know. <laughs> that is science. There are new gamers every day. <laughs> more, hey, there's more opportunities for people uh, for for parents to name their kids Ross, right? So yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey! So I didn't get too many of your thoughts on this, and I know you're you're a little bit younger. So, like, kind of what what's what's going through your head with some of this stuff? Are you um, did you think either well, way? Were you surprised? I mean, I uh, the little hint they had with the elites it would have been nice, it would have been fun to see uh, to see elites in the game. But uh, if they want to prioritize other stuff, that's okay with me. I do want to see them though. I, I want to see either playable elites or at least a story mission where you play as an elite in infinite at one point. I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff they can do there, even at just like a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I, I'd say my biggest disappointment when they said no elites was meant that we weren't going to see an invasion mode or mm. an evolution of yeah. something like that. Asymmetrical like, game types. Yeah. Versus yeah. See? St stuff like that, I thought had a lot of potential that Bungie really didn't get even close to. Oh, yeah. um, like, I don't know how many people here played Killzone 2's multiplayer. It, I forget what it was, but it had like objectives within the, within the, the competitive field. What do you and, mean? Well, like uh, one, I think one was like hacking a computer or something. Oh, okay. Wait, you you played like, Killzone 2 multiplayer? Oh, it was. Awesome. <laughs> Were you like yeah. really bored? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Killzone 2 is a wild game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite like comedy games. Just because it's like, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> I, what Rico? Don't don't even get me started on Rico. Anyways, um, but no, like you know, like the yeah, the asymmetrical, semi-objective based. I think you remember with, that it was like almost roaming. You were kind of moving all over the map, accomplishing different tasks and goals. What what game are we talking about? Killzone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the I forget what it was called. Maybe Warzone or something. Or yeah, I do I, think they called it Warzone. Really? I yeah. It it was a it was a, on the a really fun multiplayer mode. And if they having something like that, but on a bigger scale with elites versus uh Spartans, I that's that's what I pictured originally when Bungie announced invasion and in, for Reach before I actually played it. And I, like I said, like I didn't like sitting in a I sitting in a, a an area with holographic walls to build up a bar. To me, that uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that I mean, it's not satisfying. And I hey, Mike, it, it, it kind of does fit within it. But hey, Mike, guess what? We have enough Halo content that we don't need to do Killzone Two. <laughs> 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 we don't need to fill dead air. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to be rude. I'm, I'm always. I should upload a Killzone podcast. 
That would really differentiate you. I would love to join you guys because Killzone <laughs> is a franchise I have a lot of opinions about. Not many yeah. of them are positive. <laughs> um, you know what? My, uh, Mike and Late Night Gaming could uh, can can film that and we can we, see how many views we get. It's like the most Killzone. negative podcast. <laughs> like Killzone 1. Yeah, anyways, no, I'm not even going to start it. See, look, look what you guys are doing. No. Yeah, no. Um, All right, let's let's keep going. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Halo the 1, by the way. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. It was just a bad joke on his Killzone 1 oh. point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we... I was going to say, did you correct him and say, uh, it's Killzone Combat Evolved, not Killzone 1? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're banning the word Killzone from the rest of the show. Um, so we're going to move on. And did anybody else want to talk about that? Or did we kind of everybody get a chance to get their two cents in regarding... Now Killzone? No. Dual <laughs> <laughs> wielding and playable. Uh, and, the, the, and the balancing. Is that, anybody want to kind of throw in any, any more two cents there? Or you want to move on to the next topic? Good? Yeah, all right. So I, I do want to bring up next, uh, touch on some of the things they were talking about with the environment. Because a lot of this was pretty interesting, at least to, yeah. to me, and I know Mike and Mike, you you mentioned it too. And I, personally, personally, like Mike, when they start talking about some of these these sandboxy things that or environmental things that are going on within the sandbox, my imagination kind of starts running all over the place and what they could do with it. So I'll read off a few of the a few of the bullets. Um, maybe not every single thing, but uh, just to kind of give us a, a, an idea here. But a couple of things that are confirmed. So in order to help make the ring feel alive, um, in addition to a day and night, they have weather systems. This includes a wind system. However, there's not rainstorms or snowstorms at launch, though they're excited about the futures, implying that that stuff will probably come down the road. Um, one thing that they did confirm was day, do day night does affect what enemies you'll run into. So grunts sleep more at night, phantoms have searchlights and are around more, uh, coil, shield enemies, etc. also appeal, appear, right things. Yep, appear more in the dark areas. There's no hostile wildlife in the game at the moment. So you, if this goes back to what you were talking about earlier on, uh, you know, where, where they didn't have it in Halo 1. And, and so basically... It's, it's they, not in Halo Infinite. Chances are they already tried it and they couldn't figure out how to make it fun. Yeah. And, and it sounds like there's a few things that, that's been going on. It's probably been part of the delays where they've tried things and it just didn't work out. Yeah, uh, and trust me, if a thing is cut, it was cut for a good reason. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah it's it, cool, but you don't want it in the game because it'll make the game worse. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let me see. I'll just read off a couple more and then I'll kick it off to you guys to kind of give your opinions on what stuff really stood out to you. Uh, they said there was multiple biomes, but the Pacific Northwest is the primary one. <laughs> Um, nothing is stopping you from grabbing a, uh, a banshee and jumping to something further in the further out in the story, even though the story is linear. Uh, the ring skybox is full 3D, which kind of made me start thinking, oh, because there was a lot of rumors. And I guess we'll, we'll get into that a little bit uh, earlier about like what Halo was supposed to be. And then they kind of scaled some things back. So I think that's a hint that maybe some of those rumors might be um might have been accurate and then they said they just put in a lot of effort into the uh mixing in the, the scenery with uh major mega structure so just so they can add that sense of scale but anyways i'll i'll stop with the bullets i'm going to turn it over to you guys 
Um, I don't. Are, um, oh, go ahead, Mike. I don't think they said that you can jump ahead in the story, though. They they said no, you that can't. you can jump ahead in areas. Yeah, but no. they have it structured or designed in a way where you can't skip ahead in the story, which is is pretty nice to have that flexibility. Um, yeah, like you can, you can jump around in the environments, but then the the, the story is a linear thread. Mm. So the story yeah. will progress in a linear fashion, but you can jump around in the in the actual game world. I guess it's kind of funny it seeing the headlines where it's like Halo Infinite is not open world. Yes, we we knew that a few months ago, if not years yeah. ago. They made that very clear back in July, guys. Yeah. You're all just right. Yeah. People yeah. are still calling it open world though, so they gotta Ugh. keep. I gotta still keep hammering that because I keep hearing people go, oh, I'm so excited about you know Halo being open world. It's like okay, you know, so I guess they just gotta keep hammering it. Um but now Mike, I know you jumped in earlier. You said like some of this stuff really was the most exciting out of this update. Uh what is the thing that really stood out to you? I mean, it I'm hoping that we get it's gonna be randomized which may or may not be a good thing um, based on the time of day. But, you know, when you think about, so their weather system is pretty limited. Like I wouldn't even really call it much of a weather system, but they said about how there's like mist and fog and wind properties that they can have in there. So I'm just thinking about how, like, I, I, I'm hoping, like this brings me hope that we're going to have like really moody moments like we saw in like Halo CE levels um, where, mm -hmm. You know, you're at night and or, you know, ODST where you're at night and the, there's a fog rolling in. You got banished uh, spaceships going around with their spotlights and you can see like jackal shields off in the distance. Like just, you know, with Halo 4, not and especially Halo 5. I mean, Halo 4 had its moments, but just those more down moments of that just in, immerse you in the mood and the and the feeling of the uh environments and the and the the moment the, i'm hoping that comes back that's what i'm that's what that tells me um that we'll possibly see moments like that um and then <laughs> all, another thing is like the, i'm really intrigued with the the 3d model for the for the ring like that that moment they they said that there's going to be that moment where there's a mm -hmm. solar eclipse with oh, the, because of the ring I, didn't I, like I, that. I really hope they pull that off well um i mean it, there just seems to be a lot of positive visual feedback that could potentially uh be i don't know presented to the player that has been missing from 343 uh halo games I, I you had moments of that in halo 4 but halo 5 really i don't know nothing nothing stands yeah. out to me in terms yeah. of like that, that 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 like you're you're mentioning that that change in tone and that that's like one of the things that really sort of and i know like um you know mr tross here kind of mentioned that too that how every everything felt really different um you know despite you know being the levels themselves sometimes being very uh repetitive they they really set different they almost they almost were characters in of themselves you know i i remember the first time i ever saw halo it was on a kiosk and this is you know i told you the story like that's you know where i, I should have got in trouble with my ex but um about an xbox because of it but when i saw them in that in that night scene where they're you know you had the snipers and you're kind of waiting you know uh you're kind of waiting in the distance and just like that's that the, the tone that set and i just kind of listening here and it, it reading all that stuff out loud, it just gets you thinking about 
you know, potentially some of dynamically recreating some of these things. So people have their own, maybe, you know, um, I guess th their own moments with, you know, like where you start mixing in the fog and the nights. And I like, I did like how they mentioned that the, the characters will do different things so they can kind of balance that with the overall mood. Uh, but ambition's like really the thing that's standing out here because, you know, when they started saying that that's not a, just a skybox, you can go to it. It sounds like they started off with <laughs> a pretty high level of ambition, uh, which we heard, I think, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they I, there was rumors for a while that it was, you were going to be allowed to go from one side of the ring. I think even like Alana Pierce mentioned something like that. Like, like you were going to be able to go from one side of the ring to just you know, take a vehicle and fly all the way out to this other side in the distance. And then it sounded like that was kind of scaled back or something over time, but it sounds like that was the initial tension. Um, what do you guys think? Like, is what, what are some other thoughts that come to your minds? Who wants to go? Uh, Mr. Daniel, you want to? Yeah, sorry, I was muted. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this all sounds great. I mean, you know, it sounds like this has become a, a hate on Halo 4 and 5 podcast, but a lot of this stuff, too, never happened in in CE 2, 3, ODST Reach. So I feel like this is really, you know, we talk about the balance between old and the new. I am a fan of every Halo, but I also I tend not to romanticize uh, very flawed <laughs> issues with those older games. But the, the fact that there is, um, you know... A, it, you know, they, they made it very clear. It is not open world. There are no, you know, stupid collectibles. There's no flags to collect. This is very much, uh, from what we've always said, it seemed like it was going to be a, um, a larger string of areas with, um, you know, with the linear sections, um, like a traditional halo from there. And the fact that you can still do, like, it's still gated from a, a narrative standpoint, but you can still kind of step away and do something different. You know, it's like, Nick and uh, Abe and, and Mike have said um, several times about, you know, we want to be able to explore. We want to be able to have a, mm -hmm. um, you know, a reason to explore and, and to have something cool to find in that exploration. And it sounds very much like that is exactly what they're, they're aiming for. Yeah. So, oh, hey, oh, um, oh. Oh, go ahead. I was about to ask you because I, I, I'm really curious about your opinions because if you can make a video about uh, the reloads, you must have had a thousand thoughts here. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, the whole idea of, like, randomized encounters and stuff like that and kind of, like, more, yeah, not open world, but, like, just large environments yes. that you can progress through. I'm of the opinion that Halo can work in an open world setting. Uh, this obviously isn't open world, but, like, some people are like super worried that we'll end up with Far Cry Halo. And I'm of the opinion that Halo has a lot of similarities to Far Cry because of the way that Halo... Con Usually all encounters in a Halo game are you initiating contact. You see mm -hmm. enemies from a distance, you approach them, and then you initiate the encounter and the enemies yep. are responding to you. Yep. Like, it's not like Gears of War, where usually it's kind of like a clown card, like a bunch of guys pile out of the room, you know, and then you all take the cover. <laughs> so, like, Halo already just inherently can work in super large environments, just because it's always the player initiating contact with the enemy. 
Or how about Call of Duty where you just don't even know where you're getting shot at from? Yeah, and you <laughs> wait for your that. buddy to run up so that he can open a door for you. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is all stuff that does work in a Halo game already. And it's kind of cool that they are, like, if they did envision that they wanted it to be this, like, crazy thing where you could go to the other side of the ring and then they scaled it down, like, okay, uh, it still sounds really cool. Yeah. 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 yeah like, I... Um, one of their main inspirations being, um, they kept bringing up silent cartographer. Thank you. Thank you. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, that being their main inspiration, just the puts a smile like on a my blueprint face. for how to design That's good. Why they weapons. say it because it puts a smile on people's faces. Yeah. Yep. Infinitely more complex than that level actually was. Yeah, and, and you sure as hell don't want to mention the library, which was also in the same game. <laughs> I actually like the library. Halo 4 also even, originally Halo 4 was envisioned to be kind of like the, those like large-scale environments, but unfortunately really? the 360, they were squeezing blood from a stone at that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Halo 4 is um, one of the most linear Halo games. In fact, I think it is the most linear Halo game. It's What's a interesting, shorter shooter. Yeah. I don't think Halo 4 is as linear as people remember. Some I actually of the vehicle sections are very linear, and that really dominates the memories because you have a tank. That's true. And yeah. you have a corridor you go through with the tank, and you don't get a huge open area a few times. A few times you do. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if you compare it to overall, from Halo 3 and linear. its Scorpion sequences, they're yeah. kind of the same. I think it's just like... Oh, they're absolutely the same. I played that mission last night on one of the cross... Um, play, I think uh, Halo 4 games. more so suffers a little bit from like that kind of like heavy use of long range encounters and long range weapons. So you do kind of feel like encounters are a bit more like shooting, shooting gallery. Shooting, yeah. I, yeah. It also doesn't help that like they inherited a problem that Bungie designed in Reach that I hated, which is the elites can sprint while firing their gun but you can't. So like Ari elites will be backpedaling at like the speed of a oh, war yeah. well blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just obnoxious combat with the elites in Halo Reach and Halo 4. I think Halo 2 is still the most linear Halo game just That's because it was right. on the OG Xbox. At that point they were also you know trying to pull blood from a stone and uh, oh yeah, like the library environment in Halo 2 when you're the Arbiter and you move through Delta Halo's library and it's mm -hmm. like a third the size of the one in Combat Evolved. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's throw this one out because this is something we actually haven't talked about in any of, the, any of our other shows, but it's, I think it's a good time. Um, you, you know, you mentioned squeezing blood from a stone for both Halo 2 and 4, right? Like, And that's probably right. why those things got got limited down yeah so am i the only one so like even before anything was ever shown in july which admittedly i was very disappointed with the graphics and visuals of the july show but despite that was i the only one beforehand that was kind of hoping that they didn't shoot for the stars with the graphics because long term especially with with uh you know at some point they're going to let go of the, the, the jaguar cores right and they're going to eventually be making DLC that's all on the new hardware, just probably like like how Destiny comes out with you know their large expansions. And I just look at it like if if they're not throwing everything they have into just like 
super detailed textures and you know with a lot of busy stuff on it that just gives them a lot of room to just create these crazy sandboxes which you know that was one of the things for me like you think about the silent cartographer and it was like how that was like that's my favorite level of all time uh, in halo and it's just like because it, it does a perfect job of like like you know having these big moments and then these quiet moments and you know but you can't have that today like our i don't know we've had so much sensory overload and stuff like that that i think it's harder to make those those big moments really stand There's out There's a reason that tech demos look photorealistic it's because a tech demo is isolated to like a room yes. yeah yeah you know? like design an entire video game to look like a tech demo <laughs> right and, and, and duct tape together right like the, like the halo 2 demo <laughs> so, yeah. but uh you know so i haven't got your your thoughts in a little bit what was some of your think, thoughts going through your mind about the, the environments i mean yeah there's um, a lot of a lot of points here i think one of the best things though has to be the fact that they said uh the enemies would uh kind of dynamically change based off on the yeah. environments and the night day cycle i don't know if anyone else here feels the same and might sound a little i mean i might need therapy or something but uh <laughs> when you when you melee sleeping grunts oh man one of the most <laughs> satisfying it's the sound the feeling oh <laughs> well, that's that's something that really hasn't been i mean there was some moments of that in odst and three but i don't think anything captured those moments from ce See, right yeah with the long bridge oh man Where, and, and pseudo I mean, health sequences yeah, yeah yeah and and it that's i mean that's one of the strengths i think of of how halo like thrust mentioned earlier you know just like with like far cry with halo you you're you initiate contact yeah you initiate contact you're interrupting them but it's uh it's what they're doing that was unique with ce because typically and when any other shooters you're interrupting a bunch of troops on patrol Whereas this, you had grunts that were sleeping, which was unique. Uh, yeah, or you'll had... usually see elites entering a building and jackals set up outside. Okay, got it. They're going into that forerunner. So, like, they're always yeah. doing something. You feel like you're interrupting something important. Yeah, and see yeah. that one yeah. encounter, you open the in a assault and cartographer, and there's like a full blown battle happening right in front of you. Right, it felt amazing. Yeah. Which was one of the biggest back then that that moment was just like a, a wow, you know, like a wow moment. And that's what that's some of the stuff I hope they get back to. But go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. So like, I mean, regarding the environments, I I like what I'm hearing about the environments. I don't think um, I mean, anything that they're shooting for high end, like textures and stuff that can all be scaled down for the last gen. That's not going to really limit anything. I wouldn't think um, I'm just. What? I'm I'm less concerned about the graphics and and I'm not concerned about the gameplay, but like when I hear things like uh, they're going to dynamically change the end of the type of enemies that you run into or the encounters you have based on whether you're in a scorpion tank or on foot, I I'm hopeful that the encounters are still well designed because yeah. you know they 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 used examples in previous Halo games where there's a, uh, a scorpion section. And I mean, that's true. There were scorpions, you know, Halo 3 has an awesome scorpion like vehicle sections, but they were all very carefully designed around you being in a warthog or a scorpion. 
And I hope that there's still that level of polish, even with that dynamic nature added to those encounters. That's definitely because, a worry. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's going to be up to the, the level designers. I, I think that could be done. It, it, it is like, again, you're making the sandbox. And, you know, I've always said in the past, too, like I, I play Halo CE again with a, somebody just going in there and remixing the sandbox and seeing what would happen there. Because some of those environments, I think you could do a lot of different things in them. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, Jesse, I know that I thought you were lost in the kitchen for like a half hour. So I feel really bad. Uh, why don't you uh, – <laughs> why don't we get some of your thoughts too uh, since I haven't – I would say that for older Bungie-made Halo games, the level of polish people remember and think about is nothing I ever felt personally. I always felt it was more you just throw things at the player. I don't honestly think it was super but polished. Bungie Halos were, were not very polished. <laughs> three, four, they were making them very fast on very short time frames. And 343, I think, has had more of a focus at times to the detriment for some people who just want to be able to go in and blow things up but don't want to put it on easy because then they feel like a wimp um <laughs> i think 343 has a much higher attention to actual balance and polish when, when I, I say you know. when i say polish i don't mean like to the extent that they carefully calculated and tweaked <sighs> having five you know grunts here and two brutes what i i guess yeah. the, the what i think about polish when it comes to uh, Bungie Halo games is just the way that the AI reacts. Yeah. How just no two fights can be the same, even if you approach them the same way. Yeah, just yeah. just the, uh, the feedback that you get from the AI yeah. is, is unlike anything else. And to the Halo point that I was confident kind of... it is not as good as that. <laughs> what? Well, it's, it's irritating. <laughs> Halo AI was always competent. It was good. I, I liked fighting against it. But on the whole, I don't know what people are talking about half the time when they say stuff like that. The, the AI? I, what is your experience yes. playing Halo? Did you play it on the Master Chief collection or did you play the 360 and original Xbox versions? I'm 38, so I played <laughs> it on everything. <laughs> okay. What is your most recent memory? Like when you th like do you jump on Combat Evolved on the MCC and you're like this feels weird or dated? Because there are so I mean, many problems with the AI in the MCC versions of the Halo games. It's actually really annoying. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the um, a lot of AI logic is tied to frame rate on the Master Chief collection. So, like, as an example, um, in Combat Evolved, when you have an assault rifle and you're firing at an elite who has his shields down, there is a 1 in 30 chance that you'll stagger him with a bullet. On MCC, though... That's a one in 60 chance. If you're playing on PC, it's a one in four, 144. So it's little things like that. You should be staggering them more. Also, they should be firing at you way slower. For some reason on the Master Chief Collection, they're firing way too fast. Probably because of the increased frame rate. Oh, I thought they fixed that. No, no, they said they fixed it. Uh, the fix didn't <laughs> do much. Um, it oh. also affects your gun, so like your pistol spreads way too fast. It's like after the first shot, it's already at max bullet spread when it shouldn't do that. You should have like three or four shots before you're at max spread. 
Well, I, I think you mentioned earlier that, you know, that Halo's never been perfectly, like, perfectly balanced or anything, but that's always been kind of the charm of it, too. It's like, it's never been, like, you, you play a lot of other shooters, and it's, and it's uh, all right, you, you get the rocket for this area, you get the sniper for this area, you get, you know, it's always, like, really, like, too... Too fine -tuned. Yeah, too fine-tuned to everything. And and kind of like sometimes with, with Halo, it feels like you're doing things the developers didn't, didn't know you were going to do sometimes is, is what that felt like. So a, a lot of this is just going to come down to them making environments that are, you know, uh, that that are diverse and then just having a good foundation with the, like, AI and stuff. And, and I think good AI, like, people get, like... <sighs> When they say good AI, a lot of people think about AI just being super smart. I, when I think of good AI, it's about it. it it's about it having uh, like a like a, a personality. Yeah, or or like yeah, like a like a uh, it's like a puzzle, right? Like a, it forms a puzzle that you're yeah. trying to solve sometimes. And so like, it, it's about creating those good puzzle pieces more than it is about them being like a super smart. It yeah. acts like a human. You, you know, it's like, not that. yeah. Like you throw uh, you throw a plasma grenade, the jackals will roll out of it. You throw a frag, and they won't yeah. roll out in time. Right, that kind of kill thing. the elite, the grunts scatter, the yeah. jackals advance. Yeah. Like yeah. they're all responding. Yes, yes, and, and it's like a puzzle, right? And that's what it really comes down to. It's like them getting, I, and I do think that's where 343 really missed. I, when it came to their AI, I, it, it does seem like it, it took a step back in, in th that regard over Halo 4 and 5. And so that's, they, they've they talked about it, and I hope that's, they really didn't talk about it in this update, so I guess I should move on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> did, anybody, did anybody have anything else they want to add to this aspect? One thing the, uh, you didn't mention, which I think is me pretty oh. cool, is is you can throw crap off the ring. Oh, they yeah, yeah. specifically <laughs> mentioned that. And, I, you know, it doesn't sound that cool, but I'm just thinking that means you can go to the edge of the ring. <laughs> That's a, in, just in terms of the pure skybox or the visuals. I mean, I'm sure everyone's here has played Destiny, right? Um, one thing yeah. that game has in spades is phenomenal skyboxes. Like, Bungie's artists are talented. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, next level. Yeah. Like Bungie's MO. <laughs> so I'm hoping this game can kind of also have some of that, especially at the very edge of the ring. That's going to be some really cool sights, I feel. Well, have you noticed already, they've made changes to the skybox that I'm really happy with. Um, in the oh, original yeah. gameplay reveal, it annoyed me that the ring looked like it was in the sky of another planet, mm, if yeah. that makes sense. It yeah, didn't look like it mean. was yeah. in outer space. Mm -hmm. Right. And now it does. Like if you look at some of the that like shot of the banshees yeah. flying up to the ring, um, they they released it a little while ago. Like it was one of the feels thinner, parts. that kind of thing, right? Yeah, you can see like there's stars and stuff, and there's a bit of an atmosphere where in the original game, like you can just visibly see the ring off in the distance, and you can see behind the ring is an atmosphere like the sun orange glare like it just looks like it's in the sky of another planet yeah that sounds pretty awesome i, I didn't even think about that so kicking somebody off the, the edge and then you know what yeah. are they gonna float into outer space i Imagine guess having like multiple maps at the edge of the ring you know stuff like that a lot of cool possibilities I, I just want to know what the edge of the ring looks like, because obviously yeah. it's not going to be like kicking them off a mountain, right? So it's going to be like kicking them off a planet. What would happen if you just fall and then hit zero gravity and you fall it off? It's going to land on the other side of the band. <laughs> What'd you say, you know, Jesse? It's not just going all the way to the edge. It's also the fact that it's a beat up and blown up ring. So I'm sure mm. there are plenty of places in between 
in the middle of it where you just look down and you see the stars. I'm definitely going to run a tank straight through a hole and fall off the map for <laughs> sure. That is happening. You know, in the original Combat Evolved, uh, Bungie, one of their iterations of the story, had the ring destroyed. Or not destroyed, but damaged. The main ring in Halo C? Yeah, uh, there are pre-release screenshots of that version of the story. Like the, the skybox, the ring is missing a chunk. That does sound familiar, yeah. Well, is it in this one supposed to be damaged, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting that they're recycling a cut idea from Combat Evolved. Yeah. It's not a first for 343 that uh, uh, Cortana going AWOL, that was something that Bungie considered in the past as well. Yeah, for their version of Halo 4. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I, I am going to try to. We I know we we probably want to get to community questions here soon, so I'm going to try to skip ahead a little bit to. Uh, let's see the a couple of things with the story, and also the uh, I guess so. You put some stuff up here about the Halo TV show as well, so maybe we'll just tie these all in together. Mm-hmm. So they said for the uh, the story, there's going to be audio audio logs in the game that you can find and tell stories of battles in the ring, personal stories that complement environmental storytelling in many areas as well. They were likened to a cool radio drama. That'd be interesting because I'm sure most people here have heard the uh, lead up to Halo 5, right? So uh, they did a really good job with that, by the way. What was that called? Hunt the Truth, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And then the other thing they talked about is that the cutscenes are affected by day and night cycles, so they're done in live and engine. So no more blur um, cutscenes, which, you know, those are always fun to look at, but uh, this probably will make it more immersive. And uh, so whatever time of day you're you're using and whatever weapons you have, those are all going to be in those cutscenes. So... um, and then really quickly, I don't know that this ties in at all. So we'll just you could pick and choose which which one you want to talk about here. But they said uh for the Halo TV show, uh, I don't know how this is gonna tie in, but Kiki said it's not gonna please everyone, but she wants it to still find an audience. And um I don't know. So so that's just an interesting that might not have anything to do with this. But all right, so let's go ahead and just talk about the story stuff. Who wants to jump in on that first? Uh I, I guess you guys that are um Let's go to you, Jesse. You know, since I lost you in the uh, the kitchen for a while, and also you are the one you're you're one of the people on the panel here that read everything and uh, have you know strong opinions about the books and things. So, any any kind of thoughts or did this do anything to your imagination uh, in terms of how they might tie in all this extra you know all this extra story that a lot of people would never see if they don't read the books. It made me think more they'll do that less. It'll just be more their story they're telling, tying into the games, maybe hitting some stuff from the stories. But overall, I don't think it's going to be fully beholden to any 343 story canon. They'll pull whatever elements they want from it, but it'll it'll be its own thing to be the best TV show it can because you know books rarely translate one-to-one. Video games definitely don't translate one-to-one. So, you know, timing and everything is, is going to be very different. It's not going to be like the games. It's not going to be like the books. It's going to be like a very good TV show version of that if they pull it off. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with that. Um, I do think it's cool, though, that we have our own uh, uh, special ed, Nick, starring in the show as Master Chief. Um, 
<laughs> if he's wearing stilts, maybe. <laughs> okay, he looks a lot like the main character. Okay, um, the actor. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of the show itself, though, I feel that she didn't even need to say that. It's clearly not gonna not gonna make everyone happy because you have completely different groups, even with Halo lore, right? In fact, you have people already hating on the show just because of the one synopsis. What was it? Um, a human is raised by the Covenant and hates humanity. That's not that far out there. You know, like, I don't think so anyway. It's a bit far out there, right? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Wait, humans fighting humans that's... have been a, a thing, a staple in Halo lore for humans years. Humans fighting humans. The Covenant being like you, you're with us. Well, the Covenant <laughs> are pretty separated, right? You can have, like, one group that doesn't really give a crap about the religious aspect. And they're like, this hey, is the Covenant. Like, the human Covenant war Covenant. Uh, even then, I mean, like, they're not all the same. Unless we're talking about, like, Prophet of Regret, Truth, and whatnot. Isn't... Yeah, that's Wait, those guys. Does this not take place during the original war? It does, uh, yeah. It takes place during the Human Covenant War around the time of the Fall of Reach. Not like that event. A little but... bit before, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, is, I mean, it would make more sense. Version of everything. It would make it, more sense to me if we were talking about the Banished. Because there's right. human soldiers in the Banished. But oh, yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't really make much that, to me that seems like they're just stretching things that add another if you're tying thread. directly to how things work in the book in the games maybe even then these are about billions of different people in aliens and all that we've only met a few hundred so who's the, you know you your your mind can open up enough to where that's my thing this <laughs> one contingent has one human being that grew up with them and you you can freaking handle it. I promise. There's so yeah. uh, well, I'm not, many I'm not possibilities saying, out the universe. It's not. I'm not saying anything. that it's gonna. It's the universe. It's big. <laughs> I, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's gonna like kill. It, it automatically kills the the concept of the if series. The story for me. they're telling is good. Why are we gonna let that? Yeah. Ruin. Like yeah, no. people who tie it into. I really want to see exactly what I always took as the canon of the story. And when you set those expectations and try to predict everything, if it isn't exactly what you want, then it's bad. And a lot yeah. of people fall into that. Like trap. the show isn't going to be part of the canon. Mm -hmm. Like clearly already like they they casted Miranda Keys as like a doctor Miranda Key. OK, got it. So this is like. It's really? kind of like the Lord of the Rings books versus the Lord yeah. of the Rings movies. Like they're not yeah. exact. There are yeah. differences between the two. This is a different story that is Halo. So who's who's okay with that and who's a little bit disappointed? I'll admit I'm I, a little bit disappointed. I'm just finding out about all of this and it, uh, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> well, okay, I can't okay. I can't say I'm disappointed. I am surprised. I'll wait yeah. until I see it and I'll give it a fair shake to, to yeah, share. I do, but I like Halo Legends. Oh, Halo Legends was great. Oh man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Halo Legends was awesome. Yeah. And that that kind of didn't make sense within the canon yeah. of like I, I just like Halo. Yeah. I want to see Master mm -hmm. Chief. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's a canon story or not. And one thing I feel is, is actually really nice is uh it this was the, the main uh, topic, right? That it's on what was it? The uh, Paramount Plus, they called it. And it's not just on Paramount Plus, it's like it's one of its flagship titles. They're hoping. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to me, hopefully that means they're giving it everything they can you know giving it the witcher the game of yeah. thrones the lord of the rings treatment whatever however we well, want to call it most of the game of thrones <laughs> yeah well in terms of budget in terms of budget <laughs> scope that kind of yeah, thing yeah yeah better, better writing than season eight hopefully uh, <laughs> i'd imagine that, that that human character working with the covenant probably what they were envisioning was that like game of thrones yeah, that's drama like, yeah 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 what if uh, we gave the aliens their own human 
<laughs> that makes also, it sound we like can he's save a on costumes <laughs> if they have a human as the bad guy. There, uh, there is some. I mean, depending on how they, you know, they angle that, there, there's some definite interesting ways they can take that, especially with like if the human is a, a, a character to infiltrate and. Well, she's uh, she is Covenant, according to their synopsis. She was raised by them. She's even given a Covenant name. Her name's Maki. Oh, wow, Do I didn't realize all this info uh, Raised them? Like, was it like jackals? Was it Sangheili? It, it, uh, it was just the Covenant, like mm. the proper capital C Covenant, adopted her and raised her, and she's Maki, mm. and she's one of them. Raised huh. by Covenant. That sounds. Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll keep an open mind um, as, as we like watch the it. Canon Knights, they don't like that because it doesn't make sense within the context of the game's universe. But like, okay, we've yeah. already established this isn't yeah. the proper Halo canon, guys. Let's see what this different Halo story is like. It could be like Halo Legends, where it's a cool, different thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could be, and I, I understand that, and I'll give it a chance. Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll probably look forward to it and. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do understand anybody who is a bit negative because it just feels like, you know, with Halo, you have such a wide universe, like so many options. It feels like you could have done something that that was different enough in terms of where it took place or, you know, um, I don't know who it involved that it could have been its own thing and not beholden to anything in the game yeah. book, yet still could have you know, paid on show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, more faithful. yeah, it could have been something else that maybe they later on, they could have tied it in. Like maybe later on in the, the Halo Infinite DLC, you have something that does bring in the, the yeah. show. I mean, Halo uh, you know, 2 did that, right? You know what? I'm I'm hearing that actually makes me happy that they are diverging. <laughs> <laughs> They'd run into the problem of what if they wanted to tell the fall of reach uh, in their TV show in like season four or whatever. And the way that it worked in the book and the game isn't that interesting for TV. Yeah, true. Like can't true. Figure, and they want to make it a little bit more dramatic. Yeah, it was just right. like, we like, lost. There we go. <laughs> they're already not canon, so they could tell the fall of Reach in a different way that's more interesting for mainstream TV audiences. True, true. No, that makes sense. I, yeah, I, they I, freed themselves up, essentially, to do things a little bit differently for the TV audience. Right. Are you trying to insinuate that that video games uh, don't always make the best movie stories? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that that is. Um... All right, good point. You win. Uh, <laughs> any uh, any other thoughts about the actual uh, TV show? Anybody not pipe in there that wanted to? All right. Um, so what about like this, uh, any, any thoughts on the audio logs or anything like that, um, in the game? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, am I the only one, I guess I should get your guys' thoughts first. Like, so yeah, just spit it out. That, <laughs> do you think, do you think that anything that we hear about like the primordial or medicant bias is strictly going to be through these audio logs? Like it's, it's only going to be like a side um feature or uh you know something that you you discover on your own versus something that's integrated in the main story well here's what i'm hoping i i'm hoping so like we all everybody here heard the hunt for truth right no oh you didn't? I, I know oh. of it but okay 
so like I I, th- I really enjoyed those, and I don't know like if, like we I won't take a whole show on those, but I, I enjoyed like the production values they had in there. What I'm Didn't hoping it win with- an award. Uh, did it? I, I think it won an award, some kind of marketing award or something. Yeah, if it did, good. It was really good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I it, the story was way better than Halo Five's. So <laughs> <laughs> it accidentally <laughs> told a way more interesting story. I, I, I yeah. actually think that added on to Halo Five's disappointment when it came to the story. Yeah. Yeah. No, it probably it did because it really set us up for something that sounded. I was. Super hype after the the advertising. Anyways, I'm going off on a, chasing another squirrel here. But um, but yeah, but the bottom line is those were really really high quality, and they really got you uh, gave you a different perspective that you couldn't get in the game. Um, they were interesting. They, they they brought in their own character. So what I'm hoping is when they talk about these audio logs, that's really the first thing I thought of. I hope they have not just these like boring. Uh, like, I don't know, like Metal Gear kind of audio logs where I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I hope they actually have something that's that's compelling like that and they have that same sort of production value and that maybe somewhere down the road, maybe it's in a DLC or you find something, you you know, you can find clues that tie it in throughout the world and and all that. So that's kind of where I... What have I'm you ever played for. Bioshock? Yes, yes. Oh, but, yeah. but, yes, uh, yep. One of the best yeah, games. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Where the audio logs like told their own narratives and like you'd find audio logs later on in that game that are a continuation of a previous audio audio log. Like you're following stories of these people who have left these recordings. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then add some additional, I guess, uh, context World or character thing. because you find like an audio log next to a corpse and yeah. you find out, you know, something like that. Yeah. I, that's that. That's kind of what I expected. Did, didn't they? Did they reference Bioshock in the three four three Q and A, or was I just thinking that? Um, but that's that's kind of what I had in mind. That's why I was kind of more. But to me, I, while I love that, that that's also kind of expected or safe, if that makes like, because you know, I think the lore behind uh, Installation Seven. You know, not only does it excite a lot of Halo fans, but there's a lot of potential there. So that I'm wondering how that is addressed, you know, or if that's something that they're going to just more so kind of keep under their belt for either expansions or sequels within this 10 year plan of theirs. However, they want to handle, I guess, a a game sized expansion or, or what have you, an update. Well, I think the the impression they've given us so far is the the story is going to be very simple. It's going to be like we're going to get this dude home or something like that. They want to keep it personal, very simple, like the main the main storyline that the cutscenes play out for. But they did mention in the previous previous interviews that they were there's a lot more depth to the world that you could explore and find if you wanted all that. So I am okay with that because I think it, it adds to a sense of the mystery. If they're rebooting that whole halo CE, uh, you know, that whole kind of, you know, the, the mystery. More. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, you know, you start asking questions and stuff and then you may, you plant little things you can, you can find information for that, but it's not going to be, you know, rolled out in 20 minute cutscenes or, or weird cuts. Like I, I, I know some, some, a lot of people like the halo four story. I didn't <laughs> because it was just, I don't know. It just, 
uh, like when a game's trying to talk to me and, and over explain everything to me, it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. So it just doesn't feel that natural. So just, um, just kind of letting, allowing you to kind of search for the depth, but just keeping it, you know, keeping the, the main storyline very simple. Sounds good to me, but uh, that's my thoughts on it. Anybody else? Uh, just real quick with the audio thing. Yeah. You're right. The wording is definitely the best part. Um, the fact that yeah. they said cool radio drama kind of elevates my expectations because yeah. Halo 5 had audio logs, right? Yeah, it did. Um, though I'm pretty sure Halo. Halo. So did Halo 4. Yeah. Yeah, they were forgettable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, I mean, Halo 5 in itself, I kind of didn't... didn't have audio logs. What now? Halo 4 had terminals, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, terminals, yeah. I mean, aren't audio oh, logs you had, like... They were like, like there's crazy, like, things you had to sit down and watch. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Took like, you out of the experience. No, like... Halo like, like, No, like the Halo 4, <laughs> after you crash on the, on the planet, or the, I'm sorry, the... What do you call it? The the Promethean planet, whatever the hell it was called. Um, there was an audio log that you found on one of the crashed ships that you can activate. I'd say and that's an environmental discovery more than a mechanic. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the one. There weren't many of them. That might have actually been the only one. Now that I think about it. <laughs> no. Yeah. There were, there were and four, there were there, several. There, there was. Had a lot of stuff you could interact with and like player the characters would comment on it like you could find a forerunner oh, yeah. symbol and cortana would be like this is what this is chief or you could find that little radio broadcast and like hmm i wonder what that's foreshadowing <laughs> uh, one thing speaking about halo 4 the one thing i did we do we did we ever see any clips or cuts uh in the master chief doesn't speak in infinite yet while you're playing him does he? We haven't seen that yet. Not yet. I, I'm I'm hoping it stays that way. I mean, that's that's one of the things that in Halo, especially Halo Four, he was very talkative while you. Yeah, he was a chatterbox in Halo yeah. Four. And it didn't it didn't really take me out of the game, but it, I mean, especially with them having this whole marketing angle that you you step within the suit and stuff like that, it makes sense to not have you you know, talk my ear off while I'm playing as you. And, and it just, I mean, the whole story delivery, well, especially Halo 5 was, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, well we should probably pivot or, or move to the next thing because I know we are, like usual, we're... Yeah, uh, we just said an hour and a half, yeah. <laughs> so I we're, blame Jesse. Yeah, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get an hour and a half. Real quick, though, I, this doesn't have to be a, a very long topic. Maybe just see if anybody has any quick take on it. Um, d this week there was the Bethesda roundtable, and it was you know obviously focused on Bethesda Studios. But one of the interesting things that did come up, Bill Spencer, like he lit up when they were talking about id Tech, and you know he said like you know there's no studio that sweats every pixel and frame as it does, and you know when he thinks about them working with Coalition and Three Four Three, the the first person and the third person shooter space, he, he says they have there's amazing capability, and he he thinks about the id Tech and what it could mean inside of the inside of xbox and when he was thinking about the when he was speaking towards the collaboration he was thinking about taking that to the next level and what they can do within the organization does anybody have any did did anything kind of 
jump to anybody here's mind when they heard that you know i know that there was rumors and, and i in fact i think a developer said to, said to me that it was not just a rumor they did try to use unreal and, and backed off of that uh previously or during the development process uh I, i'm going to start off with you daniel because i think I've, i haven't given you a chance to say too much and you're, you're in the tech you understand the tech area was there any kind of thoughts when you heard about collaboration and technology and, and anything that we can glean from it? Or at this point, is it just too vague to really, um, to, to have a, too strong of an opinion on? Yeah, I mean, a um, couple points on that. I mean, it is a little bit vague in terms of um, how id tech would be utilized. Um, but really, I mean, the thing is developers often use different engines, different engines, different APIs, but they can still share um, efficiency boon, um, you know, uh, you know, um, advice on, hey, here's how we actually were able to to shrink the runtime on this element. Here's how we were able to uh, amplify the resolution on this area without dropping the frame rate. So I think more than anything, it makes me more hopeful um, because, you know, before and you and I and, and Mike talked about this the other night, the old Xbox they did not collaborate between studios and that included, you know, the early days of 343's existence. And yeah. so, you know, seeing uh, Undead Labs uh, get a lot of tips from Rare and some of the other studios like Coalition that have used Unreal Engine and seeing the same thing with, um, oh, there's a game I was just thinking about where they, they did the same thing. Um, oh, Outer Worlds, you know. Uh, Obsidian got a lot of help from Microsoft's internal tech team, as well as uh, tips uh, from Coalition on utilization of Unreal. Um, what you know excites me about it tech is that you know we've we've talked about how that seems like a shoe in for GameStack, right? And I just wonder. Obviously, slip space isn't going anywhere. It's a huge investment, but I think there's just a lot of uh, elements for. Um, you know, here's how we were able to to minimize load on this aspect. I think there's going to be a lot more of that between the teams, and it is one of the most technically proficient teams out there. Yeah, no, really good points. Yeah. Mike, you were, you were involved in the discussion. You want to elaborate on that? I mean, I, it's kind of along those lines. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, slip space isn't going anywhere, but there's, there's what I, what I got from that is exactly like Daniel said is like, when you have collaboration like <clears throat> between different studios, I mean, it, it, if they, I, I can definitely see a scenario where they discuss how they're employing some kind of technique within the slip space engine and just getting feedback in that respect. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to share engines to share techniques. I mean, that's why we have GDC every year and to have, those different sets of eyes or experiences just, I mean, and, and that goes all across the board and having id tech or the, just a id team in general, having those engineers being added to the fold, you know, now you have, you know, the, the talented people at the coalition, you have people at rare who I don't think get nearly enough technical uh, uh, recognition. But then you also have the engineers from 343, the engineers from EdTech. You you get all these minds together where they can just throw things at each other or give each other feedback. That's where I, I see the biggest benefit. I mean, I don't see them ever 
I don't even, it wouldn't be possible. I imagine not even to incorporate parts of it tech in, in, in slip space, like slip space is its own beast. It, right. Um, yeah, you do hatch parts of another engine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's not like, yeah, it's not right. like a piece where you can just add it on there. But, um, but yeah, like Daniel kind of, uh, touched on it, just that feedback that, a collaboration in terms of different ideas and different uh, talents and experiences different methodologies yeah i mean they they can all benefit each other i mean there's i'm sure there are things at idtech that they can learn from 343 and you know and vice versa so that that's the exciting part that i got from that the direct um like idtech's direct contribution within the, the division, again, like Daniel said, I see it being a, a, a critical part of GameStack. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, maybe, you know, we can see some teams within Xbox switching to it, but it, it all depends on how invested they are. Um, yeah. the, the, the fork that Coalition has for Unreal Engine it is likely different than what um, the outer... Uh, yeah, Obsidian had with the Outer Worlds because they're not going to be able to share that kind of technology until they're uh, uh, acquired. Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean that that was that was touched on when they acquired um, State of Decay on Dead Labs. Like even though it was a first party game, you still can't have that that level of close c- collaboration as if they're it within the organization. There's still some walls or limitations there yeah so. i mean the, the only reason i, I brought it up because I, I i've heard you know i've heard other podcasters and stuff like who are not as maybe as invested in halo kind of talk about big tech and oh you know maybe uh maybe for whatever reason uh, microsoft is going to get them to help uh, or work on halo and it and i agree with you guys i think there's some benefits to collaboration and there's probably some efficiencies you can get across you know multiple you know different engines but uh at the end of the day you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna switch it from whatever that whatever 343 is using they're using it because it feels like halo and they're not gonna change from that so you know oh, yeah. i don't i don't think that's what that meant uh, i am excited to see what they might do in the ai space though together and things like that so that might be kind of fun to see down the road um you know and i don't i don't know how you know obviously physics kind of work uh you can Patch that into different engines, right? So it'd be interesting to maybe see how they, um, you know, update the physics over time because this is a sandbox game, and so you know, seeing the technology advance could only give that more options. Um, Taras, did you have any any kind of thoughts on that, or did that is that not really something? Yeah, or just about like technology, micro, like this thing over time. Is it something that you've ever even put any thought into? Like, Um, uh, it's. I'm not too sure. Like, obviously, they are using the Halo engine, and it's a little bit disappointing that it kind of looks like the Halo 5 engine. At least it renders things kind of like Halo 5 does. Like, they haven't upgraded to ray tracing. They said that's going to be coming post-launch, so God, the game wasn't built with ray tracing in mind. They don't seem to be using, like, photogrammetry or anything I mean, the the foliage looks like they've improved, but it still has like that plasticky Halo 5 look. Halo 5 kind of struggled with foliage a little bit. Um, I don't know. Uh, Infinite does use photogrammetry, though. 
photogrammetry. I, yeah, photogrammetry thing. Yeah, from what I understand. I could never like, say that right either. The, <laughs> I don't think they've ever said that it uses photogrammetry. This one during the initial reveal. I think they said their the engine caves. can support it, but I don't think they ever said that their next project would be using it. Like, Maybe technically, that. any engine can support photogrammetry. Yeah. I mean, they just that, that's kind said, of... said that it's going to be using it next time, sometime next year? I, I don't know. Uh, and the whole ray tracing thing, that, you know... Oh, uh, ray tracing. I had assumed, and it was never confirmed, like, because the initial release date with them, uh, they said that it was going to be a post-launch update I, I don't know if it's right for me to do this, but I'm expecting it to be there at launch now because I of the additional so. time. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, it's, if it's not, something's up. It's, it it's in Halo well, Infinite. It's listed, there's Forza Horizon, uh, or you know, whatever the next Forza game is, Halo Infinite and Hellblade, Hellblade 2 all utilize photogrammetry. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Bethesda Studios utilize, it seems like every studio is utilizing it, except, you know, we haven't seen much from... 343, but uh, I guess, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that's implemented. Uh, Jesse, did you have any thoughts? I think you're the only one I didn't uh, that didn't pipe in on that one. It seems more like a collaboration more than any type of engine changing. They just rebuilt. In yeah, and Microsoft Game Studios sort of. do that a lot. Yeah. Well, now they do, yeah. And, so. and all those people that that made comments about give Halo to id tech, or, or I'm sorry, just id, or <laughs> give id tech to 343. I don't think these people realize that that would be a completely different Halo. And not, I mean, it wouldn't please Halo fans. It would no, feel you, different you, under the hood. You know yeah. who those people are. They're just people that are that just hate 343 at this point and just want to see anything. So I think that's I mean, just it, their way of... That's it's just, just so self-defeating because... Yeah. There's there's a lot more to an engine than what you see. Yes, and and that's especially true when it comes to the Halo engine. There's a reason why, you know, three four three has built off of the Halo engine instead of scrapping it entirely. And even when they say you know Slip Space is a quote unquote new engine, it's really not. It's it's an evolution, and that that pretty much goes for any time you hear developers say, "Yeah, we're this is our new next gen engine." No, I mean. You might rewrite large chunks of the renderer and stuff like that, but it at its core, it's an evolution of the previous engine. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, no, I, I think we kind of are all in agreement on that. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, the like modularity is a huge part of the, the Halo engine and, and some of the versatility when it comes to the sandbox. So, uh, so obviously, there's more to it than just, you know, the pretty textures. That, that seems to be what everybody focuses on. But uh, all right, so I want to move us forward to just some of the community questions. We got some community questions for Taras, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Late Night Gaming. And I, I I, I guess I should have reminded everybody as we were kind of going through the show. That's because they all know you by late night gaming, probably, right? Probably. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and ask a few questions, and then if anybody else on the team wants to kind of join in after um, I ask these, but they're all directed to you, Mister Late Night Gaming. Uh, so, quick question from Mister Big Z. He says, "What is the main thing that excites you about Halo Infinite, and conversely, what is the main thing that makes you concerned?" And it says, great to have you on the podcast. Um, as far as things that excite me, I think it's the tone. I mean, like the art style and everything, it's fantastic seeing that universe look like that again. Mm -hmm. um, but tonally, it looks adventurous again. 
Yeah. And that's what's yeah. exciting. It's not like Chief is sad. Chief is being hunted. Chief is a traitor. Chief is dead. <laughs> you fuck up. <laughs> I'm just excited that like the game wants to be an adventure and it wants the player to go on an adventure. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's a really good point, honestly, because it's been they were kind of going down that road of yeah yeah like, like why do you guys hate Master Chief so much? Like trying to be so dramatic and I just didn't like it doesn't. Well, they were pretty like, open didn't. that they wanted Locke to be the replacement. No, I mean that that scene that I thought that was like an an, an open intent with Halo Five, and then after the blowback of how no one was a fan of Locke. Um, at least compared to Chief, they they completely backtracked on that. Did we all forget about the entire marketing scheme from Halo Three, where they're basically like Halo or Master Chief is dying at the end of Halo Three? Here's oh. here's all these memorials. But then what does he do uh, at the end of that <laughs> memorial thing? He lifts up and look, he's still alive. I don't believe him. Yeah, it's hopeful. You know, and we need that like these well, days. Yeah, I, I don't need any more sad dad. I don't need a sad dad game like this end of this year. It's been we've been locked in our freaking basements for like a year now, right? Like or whatever, mm -hmm. locked somewhere working and and um just it's been like just like the world has just been so like we've been just faced with so much like uh anxiety and depression. It's like I'm ready for Halo just to be a comic booky like exciting adventure again i know it sounds really you know maybe immature or whatever i don't need it to be like a just a just a drama <laughs> so no. you know i'll oh, go ahead i mean they even touched on what you said earlier in the show about um the the how straight i don't know how simple not for lack of better terms the story is i mean that's that's one of the things you mix that simplicity or minimalism to the story where they basically just give you the enough beats to to carry the narrative along and then you mix in how for the first time in god knows how long there's like a sense of mystery yeah with with halo um it, it, so far so good on on that whole but what about the uh concern part that's um, yeah, everyone wants to know your concerns <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot that concerns me so far. And it's like, whatever concerns I do have are so trivial and just subjective. You know, where it's like, it's not anything that I do think will kill the game. Hmm. Like, All right. My, oh, I'm a little bit concerned about that grappling hook. It's like, okay, some people are going to like the grappling hook, though. You know, it's like, I don't dread anything yet. Well, that's actually pretty uh, positive, especially considering, you know, that that, um, you know, you, that you're that usually you are exposed to all the dread <laughs> that comes. In, yeah. Right? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's just like even with the playable elites, it's like, eh, 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 but like, hopefully they'll come post launch. Like so far, I'm not dreading anything. OK. All right. Let's go around the table then real quick. Uh, Jesse, what is what is the thing that you feel best about and, and what are you dreading? Um, pretty much the feel best about is they've been getting they've been given more time than they've ever really had before. The beginning of it was, you know, making the engine and doing pre-production, but now actual production, getting the extra year, you know, it sucked. I don't think any of us wanted it and that colored our predictions of how long the delay might be. But in the end, it's just gonna be the 20 year anniversary. 
we can really polish everything in a way that Microsoft games generally don't get to, which Sony games do, even though they get to do it because they delay constantly. So have that full year <laughs> yeah. delay, really polish things up, bring in a few things that you think of later that you might have cut for a lack of time. And as far as dreading goes, I don't dread anything because it's a friggin' video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good way to look at it. All right. Uh, so, how about you, man? Uh, I mean, one second. Let me read the question again. Just so I know how it's worded. Um, excites you. Main thing, right? It's gonna yeah. be the music slash sound. And I, I know that's a weird answer because it's not really the gameplay, but it's more so what how it's gonna merge with the gameplay. One of my that most... goes with the tone too, right? Say that again. Yeah, that goes with the tone too. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of my um. One of my favorite memories of Halo in general is how there's always a specific soundtrack associated with a specific level or location, you know? And I'm, I have a feeling, or at least I hope, Infinite's going to bring some of that back, especially with Gareth Coker and a couple other really talented people on board. Yeah. It, especially mm. their tracks that they've already released. They all sound great, to That's, me, at least. Yeah, Halo used to have multiple people. You had not just Marty O'Donnell, yeah. but also Salvatore, and then Paul C. something? What was his name? Fuck. Everyone forgets his name. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, but like everyone, you know, usually touts Marty O'Donnell. Yeah. Like it, it was a combination of a lot of people. And this is going to be the first soundtrack in quite a while to have another kind of like combination of artists. Oh, you know, that's an interesting. Paul Johnson. I didn't Halo 4 had a combo of artists. Neil Davidge and, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, you gosh, had Neil Davidge and Kazuma. And then Halo 5 was mostly just Kazuma. That's well, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like the the opening uh, sound in in Halo, and after that, it was kind of just blended together. Uh, <laughs> or Halo Five. And, oh, in Halo. Yeah. Okay, okay, Halo Five. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Marty O'Dotto. No, the classic Halos. Are All right, still my okay. Music. Sorry, um, no, it's sorry, not Halo Five. <laughs> in terms of what I dread, it actually was already mentioned um, in the uh, in the Ask Three for Three, and also, by the way, I'm. I'm already taking an early win here. Statistically, it might the numbers might not pan out, but. The biomes being mostly limited to the Pacific Northwest. I knew you'd say that. One hundred percent. This is what I. This is what I figured. This is what I had in my mind that we're not getting the massive desert environments or the the snowy mountains or whatnot. You know, it's going to be mostly I, this and around surrounding stuff. You wait. You think that's a win? Well, it's a win for me because that's what I predicted. Uh, oh, <laughs> I still don't think you're going to be right though. Ursula, they specifically talked about the uh, the sub biome. That's with, true. Uh, that, that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm keeping an eye land. on the numbers. <laughs> How much? How much are we betting on this one? Well, no, we said five, right? I think was was what uh, five different biomes. Well, I or something? said multiples. Now, okay, you said like less than two or something. Oh, like I thought they were talking about money. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, you guys got money on. That. Oh no, I'll bet no, no, money no, no, on no. that one. <laughs> All right, how about uh, let's see? Let's go to Mister Daniel. What's your thoughts on the? Uh, what are you most excited about and? Worried about. Concerned about, yeah. Oh, Zeta Halo. I mean, um, it's it's going to be. Uh, hopefully, if if they bring in any elements of the book, I mean, it's going to be a wild ride. Um, you know, I'm not really concerned about anything. This is, you know, I'm I'm a, I feel like a, a weird pariah right now because I feel like I'm the only one that that well, and and Jesse too, that isn't you know, a, a super nostalgic bungee uh, fanatic <laughs> right now, but. Uh, they're, you know, they've made mistakes, but they've also made a lot of uh, improvements over, uh, you know, objective flaws in in some of Bungie's designs. So I think that as long as they learn 
from some of the major mistakes of five, and um, they do thread a middle line, I think I'll be happy. Good take. All right, Mike, what's your thoughts? I, I mean, I kind of uh, touched on it earlier, just the, the uh, getting some of those feels from CE is what I'm, I'm most excited because that's what it, it seems like the most potential of any of the 343 uh, Halo games. And then uh, I don't really have any concerns. I mean, everything seems great so far. Like my, my, some of my early concerns, like the weapon feedback or the, the sound feedback, that's one thing that I think that 343 did pretty poorly in past Halo games where, um, you know, it, with the Bungie Halo games, you knew what weapon someone had in the next room before you even saw them, if you just heard it. And whereas some of the um, uh, Promethean weapons kind of blended together, especially with it all being yellow. But everything that I've seen with Infinite, like... Weapons are distinct. There, it's the sounds are are recognizable. Um, I mean, there's some things where, yeah, I wish there was the classic shotgun, but I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep over small stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much in the way of concerns. I, I just, I, I, I just want it. All right. Well, and I'll go, I guess I go last here. And for me, I will say what I'm most excited about is the sandbox, the return to that focus on the sandbox, because I do feel like that's an area that 343 really hasn't focused a lot on. And like it, it just even with their enemy design and everything wasn't really conducive to like a fun, I guess, like we were saying before, puzzle when it comes to the gameplay and it looks like every single update they've had so far, they've always talked, you know, it was one of the first things they focused on was the sandbox. And it seems like every time they go through another one of these updates, there's some tidbits they give for that game balancing uh, the overall sandbox and just that, uh, just that dynamic gameplay. So I'm excited about that, especially over time and knowing that they can diversify, throw things into it. I am actually happy that it's a platform and not just a, you know, game that's coming out every three or five years. And, and this way they can just take more risks on a yearly basis. And, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll kind of see this. Hopefully we'll, we'll see some really, you know, um, emergent experiences come out of that in the single player part of it. Uh, for concerns, it's, I, I feel like I'm largely in the same boat that uh, a lot of you are in. Cause I don't think they've given us enough to be concerned about yet. I mean, when they released it, I wasn't happy with the graphics, but I, I as I said before, that's never been, uh, I, 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 I'm cool with the art style. I like the classic art style. And so that part of it doesn't, um, is not a negative for me. Uh, I, I guess if I were to be honest, it would be that just the community, <laughs> just finding finding a way to balance everybody because that is one of the really cool things about Halo back in its prime was just how well it could bring everybody together. And it was just that uh, that event. And it would be neat to get to that point where they could where it could be this big thing that continues afterwards. And I think that's going to be tougher than the thread, the needle, even if I'm happy with it, seeing them somehow keep the, the fans of the modern version and fans of the classics somehow uh, both, you know, keep them both here. And, and I think there's, a, there's some, op there's some ways to do that because it sounds versatile enough that 
that they should be able to to you know create different modes and different ways you know different ways to appeal to different people but we'll have to wait and see because they haven't really they haven't really unveiled the the multiplayer and so that will that is something that i'm um, eager to see you All and right. about a billion other people well yeah maybe a billion yeah, a billion. Uh, Microsoft hopes it's a billion. Three billion, right? That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, three billion people is what they want it to be. Um, so, you know what? You want to go ahead? Uh, who wants to ask the rest of the questions here? You want? So you want to go ahead and ask the I think Daniel's doing it. Okay, go ahead, Daniel. Yeah, so the next one is from Opachi. Um, I have some questions for us. He put some in quotes um, for those of us who were <laughs> around for last week. <laughs> I have some questions for late night gaming. Um, the first one is one. Uh, what is one thing you liked about Halo Five? That's a good question. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, I guess that answers that. I'm not going to say the credits because that's mean. Um... <laughs> no, no, no. I I like the custom games browser in the Forge a lot. Okay, like well, a lot. Did you Very cool? <laughs> Taras, did you play a lot of the, did you play any of the uh multiplayer or did that just not stick with you at all? I played a lot of the multiplayer and I hate it. <laughs> really? Okay. I, I wish I could take those hours back. <laughs> I played most of it because the promise of future content was always there. Like in, in a couple months they'll bring back infection. Maybe then I'll like this. And it never had that update where I was like, now I like it. It was just like, oh, so now that all the content's here, it still feels like Halo 5 and I'm not having fun. Oh, well, hopefully they hopefully they do find that balance for you in this one. Well, all and right. I also feel like it's okay if the new one is just more Halo 5, like enhanced mobility, Call of Duty craziness, like... Some people do like that. It's okay. The Master Chief Collection, I guess I'll just play more of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's still there, too. All right. Keep I, going, I hope the campaign's good. <laughs> uh, the next question is basically, what, what are you hoping for from the story of uh, Halo Infinite? I hope it's, it's a reset. Like, there, there's a lot of people that are saying, like, they're talking about it like it's the final chapter of the Reclaimer Saga. It's like, no, 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 guys, they've been saying over and over again, this is a fresh start. Yeah. Like, I, I'm hoping that it's not like, you know, that it isn't chapter six, the rise of Skywalker, Master Chief. Like, I don't want this to be a conclusion. I want this to be the start of something new. Like, obviously, I hope that it does wrap up some stuff from Halo 5 and quickly get that out of the way so we can move on more to more interesting things. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm hoping it's a fresh start. I hope it's an interesting direction that the story will be going in. And I hope that it's interesting enough to invite new fans because Halo is almost legally old enough to drink in the United States. You know, Halo's getting old, and when franchises get old, they start to become impenetrable to new friends, like Star Trek. You know, it kind of only lives off of existing Star Trek fans now. Like, the show is so yeah. old. Same with Star Wars. Star Wars is now starting to run into that problem, where it's having issues onboarding new fans because of its age. It's like, I'd like Halo to... You know, really ground itself and set up something fresh and new that new people might be interested in. Uh, well, the Mandalorian I, exists. The Mandalorian's <laughs> awesome. 
That's actually a really good take. I, I actually agree with that a lot for for in terms of the story aspect because it it's almost one of those things when I got done with Halo 5. It's like, can we just do one of those things they used to do in the sitcoms when they had to reboot a show and they just said, hey, this was all a dream? <laughs> well, I mean, let's not do the it's all a dream because that would also suck. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I was but like, I mean, how, can, how can we... Like, but stuff like The Banished, that's, that does interest me because it's like... Oh, I was expecting more Covenant. I thought we'd never stop fighting the Covenant. So the yeah. fact that they're already like, no, the Covenant are done, guys. We got to deal with this problem. The brutes have gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that's cool about the Banished is that it is still, I mean, it's effectively the Covenant. I mean, because you have the Jackals. You're having you have... your cake and you're eating it, too. You've got that fun right. combat loop, but the context is different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, the the Prometheans were never a rightful like successor to the enemy to the Covenant. It just never felt nearly as satisfying. Yeah. All right. So the next question is: uh, If you have the option to choose your favorite bio biome in Halo Infinite, what would this be and why? Um, snow. Oh, probably mm. because um. So some, something that's cool about Combat Evolved Anniversary on the Xbox 360, and I'm really bummed it's not on the MCC, is you can edit the contrast and the brightness independently of each other. So something I like to do on Combat Evolved Anniversary was I'd go to, assault, not Assault on the Control Room, that level's too bright, uh, the other one, to Betrayals, and I'd turn up the contrast and lower the brightness so it felt dark. Like, all I could see was my what my flashlight illuminated. And it's just like the little specks of snow catching the light off of the flashlight and just, like, walk, wandering around the snow. Huh. That sounds, that sounds like, pretty I, I want to get in a scorpion <laughs> or a warthog, and I want its headlights to, you know, beam out into the darkness with, as the snow falls. I mean, if we're talking about snow, we they're gonna have you know what's what's that thing called when you uh when you walk and it's like uh your footprints are there. I know there's a term for deformation. it. Say it again. Deformation. 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 Well, we all know yeah. what what's gonna be the first picture uh, uploaded with that. So they said there's no snowstorms at launch. Does that mean no snow biomes then? Not necessarily. Probably. I don't. I I'd be surprised if they had snow. Hmm. At launch. Well, see, that should be uh, your biggest concern now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be pleasantly game. surprised if they had it. I would love for them to have it. But maybe like I, a transition uh, biome, you know, like where you'll see some snow, but not enough to fully. You you have to have a snow level if you're having outdoor well, level. As far as the weather right? and the biomes went, they were talking about dynamic weather. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Start not having been in an area where there was a storm and there's snow on the ground. Okay. And hence the not necessarily comment. Mm, okay. Oh yeah, fair point. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, and the last question is, uh, what is your opinion on the grappling hook? Um, I think it's a bit boring. Uh, <laughs> but I I get why it's there. Market research probably said that for some reason grappling hooks are really popular. We got to have one in our game. Um, I don't know. It's I'm sure people will have fun with it. I don't have an opinion. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. It could be completely fine. If it, what, you know what? No. Okay. 
The grappling hook can be super cool if we're talking about custom games, because I'm already thinking of like, do you know how fucking cool it would be to have an infection game type where all the zombies were armed with grappling hooks and energy swords and the humans had oh, to yeah. drive away in a warthog? Yeah, you could do some crazy stuff. In... You could have like Spider-Man chases the bank robbers type. <laughs> <game modes. laughs> well, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like when they're talking about all these sandboxy things and, and, and supposedly Forge is going to be a lot more advanced. We haven't got to see anything on that either. And you would expect it, right? Like they've had a lot of years since Halo 5, which was pretty good in Forge. You would think there's just a lot of tools that for 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 people to creative people to to you know create some really fun modes. I mean, maybe almost like an infinite, no pun intended, amount of like things that you could, uh, you know, continue to create and, and do with all these, uh, you know, with these tools. So I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe if they give us a, an opportunity to, to even forge some single player stuff, we could recreate uh, Bionic Commando in uh, 3D. <laughs> There's stuff like that. It's it's cool that, and then also it's just like not even just the grappling hook. The fact that Halo 5's idea of innovating was we gave you a bunch of new gameplay things and that's it. It's like, well, now you've locked yourself creatively. That's it. This is the game going forward. There's no room to grow. Halo Infinite's idea of innovation is an external tool that you can find. Yes. So that means that they could add new external tools in the future. Yes. So we could see new equipments added and stuff. Theoretically, they could probably bring back the Reach jetpack as an equipment for people to goof off with in custom games. Yeah. Like, yeah. The innovation is now external, which means there's room for infinite. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the show has got to get use that pun from now. <laughs> get, get their shot. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, to to like what you're saying is when it's part of you, then you have to balance that. And when you got to balance it, then there's limitations. If it's external, you can you can really f around with it and, and, yeah, and they can add new external things like new dlc in halo 5 was never going to add a new spartan ability yeah you know right. but we could see new equipment yeah new, we could see a lot of new stuff new races even you know like it's yeah instead of elites you get a whole new, you, you you play as the banished <laughs> well know? i yeah i thought about whether or not they would instead of elites you're a brute no, that's just crap. I, I thought of it too, but I haven't even I mean, it, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I, I took that off. I chased another squirrel. Sorry about that. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just I started thinking about all these possibilities about adding add-ons. So those are uh, some really good answers. You know, speaking right. of, sorry, really quick, speaking of the grappling hook, yeah. one thing they mentioned was that um, in multiplayer, you can only hold one equipment. Does that mean in campaign we can hold more than one at a time, switch them around? No, I think they said only one at a time, right? They, I thought in multiplayer equipment were more consumable. So it was more uh, closer to what we saw in, like, say, yeah. Halo 3. So yeah. I don't, I, I suspect the grappling hook, and because they already confirmed that the grappling hook is going to work differently from campaign to multiplayer. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm suspecting that the multiplayer is going to have limited uses where you can use it maybe like three or five times or something, and then it, here, I'll read, I'll read the, actually the exact quote. Uh, it says, you can hold one piece of equipment in multiplayer, and it is currently a use it, and it is gone sort in multiplayer. They do, however, want to 
implement tools so that you can change this and custom games to allow multiple pieces of equipment to be used at once. So just like, you know, uh, Taras was saying that the, we could probably do some 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 crazy things with our own custom games, but it sounds like the the the, the core of it's just going to be a consumable you pick up just like you would a power weapon it, it, or something else. Am I the only one that thinks that a, a one and done grappling hook is a dumb idea? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think it's a tactical idea. You have to pick and choose when you want to mm. use it. Yeah, you yeah. Play around the map, dude. That thing is a piece of tactical equipment. Yeah. You didn't uh, yeah. say one and done either. It, it, it could be one of those things that you just use up. It could like, be a couple you know, of charges. Yeah. yeah, and that and I think that makes more sense for a grappling hook. Like, it, to me, a grappling hook is different than a shield. Like, a, a shield as a one and done thing, make to me, makes more sense. But maybe I'm just uh, leaning on nostalgia. No, and they, they're not going to... I'm not expecting the grappling hook to be one use. <laughs> <laughs> Game developers are not going to want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound right. All right, cool. Now, we, we're, we're already well over, so we should uh, wrap up the show. And I guess before we do wrap up, just want to give you a chance to us, Ms., uh, a.k.a. Mr. Late Night Gamer, to, you know, um, tell people where, where they can find you and if there's anything else you kind of want to add on at the end here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I mean, just <laughs> you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> Late night gaming. They already um, found you. Yeah, uh, they, they know where you're at. You'll you'll find me on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very hard to miss. <laughs> Well, what we do want to thank you for coming. It was awesome having you here, and, and this was fantastic. It, it, it was yeah it was just awesome getting your your opinions like i said we you know we have a diverse panel here you bring a lot of uh you know really in-depth you know, you've been thinking about this game. yeah yeah a lot of in-depth information stuff i didn't know yeah yeah i mean you, you you bring a lot you've been doing this for six years and you know interacting with the community and you have a lot of you know that obviously a lot of knowledge you've been uh, really studious on this, and and I and I do find that you you know you have you make it very interesting. So um, when you talk about that stuff, so again, thanks for being here with us. It was a lot of fun, and um, and yeah, we look forward to definitely look forward to to hearing what your thoughts are once this uh, game actually comes out. So uh, so with that, I guess we will. Uh, I'll just turn it over to you, Sol, to sign us off. Uh, yeah, though, really quick, does anyone have any any final points you want to talk about at all? Uh, I'm good. Okay. I've liked Halo for the last few years, ever since the Master Chief Collection came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I was going to yep. say, uh, then, yeah, okay. Um, you know the spell. Uh, for anyone who's listening uh, because of uh, Late Night Gaming, if you haven't seen our channel before, we're an Xbox-focused channel. We generally focus on more of the positive aspect of the brand and the positive news that is coming out. If you would like the podcast, please like, comment, uh, subscribe, of course. Um, for the usual podcast listeners, this week it should be, I think, either Wednesday or Thursday, maybe a little later, we'll release the first episode of our uh, book club podcast uh, focusing more on the halo lore and all the intricate details there so please keep an eye out for that other than that if you have any feedback or questions please let us know and thank you for watching sorry <laughs> I'm, like, Wait, I'm missing something here i should really write this down and of course yes if you really enjoy our, our content uh we have a patreon as well which i feel like i might talk to uh john about getting the uh, uh the names of the uh 
of the oh the tier three of the tier threes because you know it's not it doesn't yeah. take long and it, it'd be nice to say their names here as well but yeah if you really enjoy our content we also have a patreon you can check out and if you want to have a nice good uh discussion that's not bogged down by uh uh drama drama and uh fan bases that, yeah and if you like kill zone <laughs> Basically, yes. There, there I would we go. love to talk to him about Killzone. <laughs> you love to talk more about Killzone in your in your Halo podcast. You know where to come. <laughs> but uh, we have uh, we have our own forums, Xbox Era forums. They're growing pretty decently, um, and they're a nice little safe haven. I feel. <laughs> All right, thanks, so. All right, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs> All right, thank you for coming on late night. All I right. just called him late night. Thank you for coming. Yeah. On. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, see you guys.